0: Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. This will be the Week 15 DFS main slate breakdown and walkthrough pod. If you could please rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts, I saw we got a couple ratings and reviews last week. We need more, guys, if we're going to keep these um, from behind the paywall coming into the springtime for the NFL Draft stuff for the prospect stuff the dynasty stuff possibly even xfl dfs coverage which you're probably going to want considering it's going to be very hard to find that content in the springtime so please rate and review the pod if you'd like to keep it up keep it uh, out from behind the paywall over at rosterwatch.com if you're a pro member at rosterwatch.com thank you so much Uh, merry christmas if you're not I hope you get a lump of coal in your stocking, and I hope that you consider getting a uh, pro membership over at rosterwash.com to support us and to keep us doing what we love here. And and as we, you know, t- man, I do love my job getting to do this during the season and then in the off season getting to. I really think I might love the NFL draft and the dynasty side of this even more, but you know, during that season, I, I say, well, clearly we love the fantasy season most because that's. What we do all this for? But man, I've I've grown to love traveling to get to see this new crop of rookies every year, and bringing the insight to all of Roster Watch Nation is it's a it's a great blessing. So thank you to you guys who support, who rate the podcast, who review the podcast, who are pro members at RosterWatch.com. We cannot do it without you guys. Uh, for the rest of you freeloaders, you can take a long walk into incoming traffic. For all I care, I don't give a shit about you. All right, uh, let's get on to the slate here, and we will start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. We have Tampa Bay as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. A 56, a, oh, no, a 56 total would be great. Uh, it has a 46 total. That's down from 47 and a half. We have 78% of the tickets on the over. Only 44% of the money on the over, though. So, wow, that's something that I hadn't even – Really thought about or processed myself. But like I always say, this isn't a betting podcast or a gambling podcast. But with the way that the two worlds are beginning to come together here with sports gaming and fantasy, you know, sometimes we can use this stuff to our advantage, you know, and looking at these trends. And that trend would definitely say that a lot of the big money, sharp money bettors are on the under in this game because 78% of the tickets are on the over, but only 44% of the money. That's drastic. So if you're looking to tail the sharps on a bet this week, I don't give out picks, but if you're looking to tail the sharps, like you would be tailing the sharps by taking the under here. uh, If you could get it. And we've seen that total move one and a half points down. I'm not sure how that makes me feel about the, you know, these, these, you know, fantasy or DFS prospects. Um, or the fantasy slash DFS prospects of a lot of these players. Clearly there's no Mike Evans. That's great for Chris Godwin. It also opens things up on the, now what what we need to worry about on the Tampa Bay Bucs side, for one, Jameis Winston, he's got a thumb. um, It's on his throwing hand. Clearly that that's an issue, but he was throwing footballs in practice on Friday. On Thursday, he was throwing tennis balls in practice, which always makes you think about that. The cockamamie Andrew Luck sort of tennis ball stuff. And then the, and then the, uh, do you remember that? And then like the high school footballs. And then, you know, uh, whenever I hear about somebody throwing tennis balls, it gives me a little bit of a goosey feeling. But Jameis, they, you know, they say he's good to go. He should be good to go. And he's. I think he's a fine play here. Um, the worry is, all right, well, with Detroit, I'm not worried at all about Chris Godwin. I think he's got a great game. If you go to the Vegas tool at rosterwatch.com, he's got a great prop this week of over 90 yards receiving. Not as big a receptions prop as I figured. A five and a half receptions prop with juice on the over. So pretty heavy juice on the over. So we, we put that in the Vegas tool as a six reception prop. However, it's the other... Pieces there that you start to think, well, you know, what, what the fuck am I going to do with a Brashad Perriman, a Justin Watson, or coming back as a Scotty Miller, right? And so with Watson, look, we've seen him. Date, we've talked about him dating back to his Senior Bowl, coming out of what was he go to Penn? Is it Pennsylvania? It was like one of those, one of those Ivy League schools, I think it was Penn, and he broke all the records there. He, you know, as far as his measurables and as far as you know his spark, athleticism. I'd have to pull up my spreadsheets from back then, but I believe he was in like the ninetieth or ninety-fifth percentile um, among tight end or, or um, among wide receivers. So I mean, he's a dude who is um, a, a, a guy who we. I mean, does he step in for Mike Evans? Is that the deal? Or do we have Brashad Perriman maybe play a little bit more X and maybe see more like a guy like Scotty Miller outside at the Z? Do we see everybody just sort of – do we see a mix mash where you – know, I, I think probably what it's going to be is is Chris Godwin and Brashad Perriman, you know, being between 80 and 100% of snaps. And we could see Watson and Scotty Miller, depending on the personnel package, mix in i'm not sure we can consider either one of them to be an every down player because we could always see uh you know given the way that the detroit lions defense is constructed and 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 how you can hurt and you can hurt the detroit lions defense every which way right but you can run on them big time and I, i you know so It doesn't mean I want to play Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber, but it does make me think that maybe we could see more two tight end sets with Cameron Brate and OJ Howard. Let me make sure that none of these assholes are uh, injured. Um, Let's see. So the Bucks. So who do we have the final injury report? Um. Jesus Christ, NFL.com for the Buccaneers. Do you know who NFL.com is showing out? DeShazer Everett, Trey Quinn, and Paul Richardson. Last time I checked, assholes, all those players played for the goddamn Washington Redskins. What, what shit is this on NFL.com? So, I don't know. Wish I could give you better in, input there. I think they're both healthy. I, 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 I don't. OJ Howard hasn't carried an injury designation all week, I, and I, I don't think Braid had. Don't, I, I don't think Braid has. Um, on the Lions' side... What does it say for the fucking Redskins on this bullshit? Hold on. Redskins. So for the Redskins, I mean, it's showing the same thing as well. Get your shit together, NFL.com. Have to make me start using some ESPN or CBS sports. Get the fuck out of here. On the Detroit Lions side, we have Bo Scarborough, who looks like he's going to be uh questionable and if he can't go i i have a sneaky feeling in dfs that ty johnson at minimum price could be interesting um that you know the tampa bay bucks are so hard to run on i would never have played bo scarborough here in this spot even at a you know at a a minimum price salary just because we know that we've talked about on this podcast all year what does todd Bowles love to do he loves to he loves to run blitz he loves to run these stunts, and he, like, he, he loves to jam up the run and dare defenses to pass on him. It's just funny he's so aggressive like that because it's like you dare them to beat you in the way where you're just horrible through the air. Um, so I, I, I would I've honestly thought that guys like Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick would be better in this spot anyway than a dude like Bo Scarborough. If it turns out we have no Bo Scarborough, and they have to lean on these two guys, I think that they both would be, you know, fairly interesting. Maybe I think that J.D. McKissick has the better pass catching chops, but let's just look and see, on the snap counts tool, what they've looked like here. McKissick had 23 percent of snaps um, last week, whereas Ty Johnson had 30 percent of snaps. But McKissick had four targets and five touches when Ty Johnson had one target and three touches in Week 13. Uh, that was versus Chicago. We had McKissick on 22 percent of snaps. We had Ty Johnson on 33% of snaps. Ty jo- so Ty Johnson's getting more snaps than J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick getting a little more use in the receiving game, although in this game both drew, drew three targets, six touches for Ty Johnson. I mean, but see, in this game, Bo Scarborough had 21 touches. So if we're going to subdivide those up, I might subdivide more of them up to Ty Johnson – and the fact that he's used a little bit in the receiving game as well makes me think that he would be the play at three thousand dollars on DraftKings. I'd be interested in him if Bo Scarborough can't go. Uh, um, is it then? Yeah. Is it a tournament play? Well, yeah. But it's you know, it's a week where we could maybe use use some value at the running back positions. Although, as we'll get to, there is some really good value. Uh, well we won't know if it's good value until the slate's over obviously but uh, what, what seems to be some good value some of the wide receiver positions one of those values of course which i don't think i'll be going to at all at all is chris Lacey, who should be starting in three wide receiver sets here now that marvin jones is out chris Lacey, um you'll remember him from where, where was he at he was with um He was with all those Oklahoma State kids, right? He was overshadowed by like, oh, shit. It was James Washington. And it's like, was Chris Lacey went to Oklahoma State? Chris Lacey. I mean, I remember we had him on our show. Um, He, yeah, Oklahoma State. So just, you know, overshadowed his entire career by various different the various different pretty good wide receivers that they had coming out of that program. But he's slow, but, you know, dependable hands. And, um, you know, who's the other guy I'm trying to think of? He was with the – Marcel Aitman. Was he the other one that was there? Did Marcel Aitman go to Oklahoma State? This is such good radio, I know. Let's see, Marcel Aitman. Not that that means a shit for this slate. Marcel Aitman wiki. Just it's gonna kill me, all day long if I can't. Yep, Oklahoma State. So it was always Aitman and uh, Washington that overshadowed Lacey there during his time at Oklahoma State. But Chris Lacy, uh, uh, he is a he's gonna be a doctor one day. Seriously, he's fucking smart. Uh, if you get points for smarts in DFS, go ahead and play him. All right, shit. Let's move. Oh, and before we move on, no, there's no there's nothing else to talk about uh on to the next one here let's see we have the denver broncos of the kansas city chiefs this game has a 45 point total the kansas city chiefs are 10 point favorites last i checked damian williams is uh, was trending towards possibly playing let's see if he's still on the injury report as of saturday yeah, yeah. so he's listed as questionable um, he has ribs and an illness. We'll see what that means. I, I I don't want to play anybody in the running game here, for the Chiefs. I'm most interested in Tyreek Hill. I think that this is an excellent spot for him. There was there was buzz on Twitter this week, and so, you, you guys will have to forgive me if you want to tweet at me at Roster Watch and remind me who it was that did the study. There was somebody that did a study this week about Chris Harris, and I didn't read it, but I just read some of the screenshots he tweeted out. Um. And Chris Harris just hadn't really been as good this year. So Tyreek Hill makes some sense to me. And I mean, we saw with like with DeAndre Hopkins and something. Like, we probably don't need to be worried as much about Chris Harris as, as we used to. So I like Tyreek Hill. I like Travis Kelsey. I think Patrick Mahomes is fine, but he's pretty expensive. The one thing about Patrick Mahomes is no one's going to play him. It looks like Deshaun Watson is going to be pretty chalky this week. It looks like Deshaun Watson – Um, Ryan Tannehill Kyler Murray are all guys that are going to be pretty popular Ryan Tannehill more so on FanDuel than on DraftKings Kyler Murray mainly on DraftKings just because he's so much cheaper than a bunch of real shitty quarterbacks and you know he's in a dome and and, and that game sets up well we'll talk about it The, 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 the battle of the former OU quarterbacks the really vengeful and competitive OU quarterbacks I like that spot a lot but what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So the Chiefs. Um, the Ch- Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be very... What I was saying, that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be highly owned. And he's been pretty bad, right? He's been, like, he, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been helping you that much. Uh, if you've been playing him over the course of the last few weeks, take it from me. I, I, I played him last week in my highest dollar uh, single-entry tournament. And, you know, I mean... You know how it turned out. It it didn't it didn't turn out well over the course of these last couple games. Um, you know, 16 a pointer, a 19 pointer, and a 15 pointer. That's just not what we should be expecting out of Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that this Denver defense is all that it's it's been cracked up to be though. And we do get um, we do get this game with Kansas City at home. I wish it was one of the later afternoon games because you just love to have that hammer. Also, just a, just a reminder is that these games with at home under Andy Reid tend to go under, so that could be another reason to kind of stay away. On the Denver Broncos side, I, look, staying away from Drew Locke hasn't necessarily been a profitable proposition, but I don't think it's really hurt me, really. I think at some point the book's going to be out on Drew Locke. He's not as good as he continues to play like. In his, in, his, in his first two starts. Was worried about him in the last game versus Houston in his first road game. I just, I think now two weeks of tape, it's going to be tough for Drew Locke. It brings me off of Cortland Sutton a little bit, even though our model does like him. Phillip is probably my favorite play here. Uh, been, been getting, you know, a, a fair amount of the work recently, ever since, um, you know, Fangio came out and said that we need to, to commit to him more uh, over the course of the last, Three, four weeks. He's gotten at least sixteen rushing attempts in three out of those four, and every one of those weeks he's received at least two targets. Um, and he has, uh, and he has three weeks out of the last four where he's uh, gained more than one reception. So it's it's technically a really good spot for Philip Lindsay. His prop is not that good. Um, but when we look at the matchup tool at rosterwatch.com, it is the number nine matchup for opposing runners on the week, and he is plus 135 to score a touchdown here. So I do like Phillip Lindsay. I think, best out of all the other options, even though Cortland Sutton's a stud and um, you know somebody that we'd want to keep a close eye on moving forward. I hope Drew Locke doesn't bust just because I know that they're going to have to roll with Drew Locke for a little while, and I hope he doesn't ruin Cortland Sutton the way that Dwayne Haskins may be ruining Terry McLaurin. Okay, let's move to the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. This game has a a a 51.5. That thing went up just since today. A a 51.5 point total. The Tennessee Titans are three-point favorites at home. The first thing you need to ask yourself is, I mean, can I pay up for Derrick Henry? Can he keep doing this stuff? Because he is banged up this week. The uh, injury to him, maybe NFL.com didn't put the fucking Jets or some shit here on the Titans. Portion. Okay. So out we have, so Adam Humphreys is out. That's interesting. Adore Jackson is out. That was just today. He was questionable. That's Adore Jackson being out would be wonderful for Will Fuller if he's able to go with the hamstring on the other side. Um, Derek Henry still questionable with the hamstring. Of course, if Derek Henry can't go, it would open up Dion Lewis at 3,700 on DraftKings. Make sure you keep your eyes open for that, because if that is indeed the case, Dion Lewis becomes probably one of the best plays on the whole entire slate, even though he sucks. It's just, you know, the, the, the usage that he would get just against a miserable Texans defense ever since they've lost JJ Watt, it's, it's, it would be, it would be awesome to get Dion Lewis at 3,700 here um in such a high total and as far as the wide receivers i like i'm with my boys Derek carty and kyle murray here and thinking that look you guys know if you've listened to this show how much i love aj brown if you've heard me on the radio or you've heard it if you've just a, a, a regular listener here to the pod you know how much we love aj brown my number one wide receiver in the class last year trash Man's number one wide receiver in the class last year Byron's number two wide receiver in the class last year. Our consensus number one wideout at roster watch was AJ Brown. Now, once he goes to the Titans, I said, oh shit. He's gonna be connected to Marcus Mariota or to Ryan Tannehill. Little did we know Ryan Tannehill is like that is 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 that not a referendum? Or wait, what is a referendum? Let me look this up. Referendum. What I'm saying is like it not a like a uh, is that not a an allegation, not a referend like no, so that's not the right thing. A referendum is a general vote by the electorate on a single political question, which has been referred to them for a direct decision. It's not a referendum on Adam Gase. It's not an obligation. It's a word, something kind of like that. It's a, um, where it's like a bad mark on him. It's a, um, it is not a, what, what is it? It's something bad on Adam, cause some fucking big word that's bad on Adam Gase. Because it, every, like, why, why couldn't he get this shit done with Ryan Tannehill? It's not a referendum on him, it's not an allegation. <laughs> Jesus. Someone tweet me if you know what word I'm trying to think of here. It's a bad mark on his career, whatever it is. I shouldn't be using these big words anyway. Nobody wants to hear him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, though, oh, shit. On the Houston side, we still need to talk about Hopkins. Uh, you know, Will Fuller might not. I, I did, whether Will Fuller, go, you know, Will Fuller does have an effect on DeAndre Hopkins for sure. But I, I there's pro, if Will Fuller goes, I'm interested in all these passing components. It, the only thing it does to me really is take me a little bit off of a little bit off of DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe push me towards Godwin. If if Will Fuller goes, uh, it, it, it takes me completely off Kenny Stills after last week's nightmare. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins should be great regardless. He's got a really big prop again this week as well. So Deshaun Watson, I mean, he's going to be the most popular quarterback on the slate, it looks like. And um, if you want to go with him, it's probably fine. There's excellent ways to bring it back on the other side as well. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to play Duke Johnson. I'm, I don't. I would not play Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson had a nice receiving prop in this game, though, of, of uh, three and a half receptions with uh, lo- with heavy juice on the over. So they expect him to be active in the receiving game. Um, but all right. So, but AJ Brown, the it's just the volume hasn't really been there. He's been so awesome on limited volume. And if we look at, uh, I mean, Ryan Tannehill's fantasy points per attempt. Is just through the fucking roof. I was looking at our model earlier today. I just like holy sh- Jesus Christ. It is um, so. Lamar Jackson leads everybody in fantasy points per attempt at one point zero one. He second on the slate, even better than Deshaun Watson at 0.67 Is Ryan Tannehill 0.78 fantasy points per attempt. The the problem is only twenty two point five six attempts per game, and we complain about Lamar Jackson's attempts per game at like twenty six attempts per game, right? But he gets it done on the ground. I mean, he gets. gets, Lamar Jackson gets you know, eighty rushing yards per game, which you know, which is which is kooky. With Ryan Tannehill, he's getting like sixteen point five. He actually has a prop this week of eighteen point five rushing yards. So, a little bit of a, I mean, decent little decent little floor there as far as that's concerned. I mean, that's right there. You know, it's only about five six yards less than what you get out of Russell Wilson. So it's it's a little more than you get out of the guys like Dak Prescott. That people like a little bit for their rushing ability. So I think that uh I think that Ryan Tannehill is certainly interesting. And you'd think that maybe if Derrick Henry is a little bit banged up, he could have you know, he could be th- he could throw more. It could be more in the game plan. It's just with AJ Brown, it's like even if you project him for, you know, twenty-five percent of the targets you know you're still looking at What's 20 what's 25% of 22 like 4. 5.25 something i mean 5.5 and I, I would say probably 5.5 5 targets would be the over under uh for i mean what is what is what is his like i just want us to look at the vegas tool like what is his prop even this week aj brown and look this is not that i don't love aj brown it's it's just that you know, there are there are concerns that the that the volume couldn't be there he only has a four reception prop. So a 64.5 total yard prop. He's plus 150 to score. It's versus the number seven matchup of the week. I don't ever bet against A.J. Brown, but he's get, he's gotten pretty expensive. And I don't ever play Corey Davis, but he is very, very cheap. So maybe if you wanted to play Tannehill and pivot off of him, Corey Davis could be an option there. Houston is absolutely miserable. Um, I think that's... Basically, I mean, of course, Derrick Henry. You can play him if you want. People just keep playing. Don't not playing him because it gets more and more expensive. And all he does is keeps fucking smashing their dreams and just kicking in their doors. So, um, do with that what you will. Miami at the New York Giants. Uh, this game has a forty-six and a half point total. Is a, a New York Giants are three-point favorites here. We have sixty percent of the tickets on the under. Fifty-two percent of the money on the under. Okay, so Devontae Parker, it looked earlier in the week like he was not going to go. He's looking very iffy. Looks like Albert Wilson's going to be out. Let me look at this bullshit injury report just to make sure if there's nothing. So, yeah, Albert Wilson's still questionable, but it seemed like Devontae Parker with the concussion was going through the protocol um, maybe a little bit better than Albert Wilson because he'll be in the final step of the protocol on Sunday morning so we'll know beforehand it won't be any kind of game time decision or anything like that because Devont well it could be close to game time but it won't be anything where we have to um where we have to sweat out like him testing something I mean it's it's a concussion not to say concussions aren't a big deal but it's not anything where he's not going to be able to cut on it or can't reach, reach his hand above his shoulder or something like I mean it's like you come back the reason you could clear the concussion protocol is because you're free of symptoms and you're back to normal and nothing physically ailing a part of your body ever occurred except in your brain. I was, I'm not saying you never, you guys see what I'm fucking saying. It's nothing physical that happened. It, will, it, it is physical. You know what I'm fucking saying. It, it doesn't hinder his mobility when he's coming off it the same way you would worry about him coming off a hamstring or a high ankle sprain. And he's cheaper than he was last week. The matchup's better. The New York Giants just lost um, Janoris Jenkins. It's DeAndre Baker and Sam fucking Beale back there. I think that Devontae, I I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to sling it around to Devontae Parker. I love Devontae this week. People won't be on him. He has that big Q next to him. No industry uh, analysts have been talking about him all week because the assumption all week has been that he's out. Now he gets a 40, he gets a, he gets a, Four-year, $40 million deal, a $10 million signing bonus. Do you know that they are not going to throw it to Devontae Parker in this game? People were tripping over themselves to play him last week. And he busted. Got hurt. Concussed. It's going to be a good low on play, man. I'm, I'm, I'm playing him if he's healthy. Um, uh, And we got to talk about Patrick Laird. So, he's cheap. And... What can you say, man? Like the, the guy's seeing volume. I think in cash games you can play Patrick Laird. Uh, I didn't want to, but my guy Derek Cardi talked me into it. So I'm not going to go much into this Patrick Laird stuff. I, I think that he's not a good player. He's not going to be a player that lasts on an NFL roster as somebody that gets you know a seventy percent of the workload the way it's been. But they they're just not giving work to Miles Gaskin, and there's nobody else to give it to. They're not. They, I don't even know if DeLance Turner was active last week. So Patrick Laird is in an objectively very good spot. He's objectively getting a lot of volume. He's not going to get a lot of work between the tackles. But, I mean, he has a three-and-a-half reception, twenty nine, basically a three-and-a-half reception, 71 total yard from scrimmage prop, and he's plus 150 to score at 4,500. I just, in a, in a, in a good matchup. So I think Patrick Lair, Devontae Parker are good plays. And then, of course, the other guys, Alan Hearns, et cetera, you, know, you can look to. If for some reason we don't get Devontae Parker, maybe consider Isaiah Ford. And if that were to be the case, I think it opens up Mike Gesicki at the tight end position. But as of right now, with Ian Thomas and Tyler Higby opening up on the cheap end for tight ends, I'm not going to be considering Gesicki unless we know that there's no Devontae Parker. Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. The Packers here four and a half point favorites. Uh, after opening up his seven point favorites, and that's so that's interesting. What, why is that? What what happened? What happened? No one's hurt. I mean, who's hurt? Let's look at the Packers injury report. Is that just be? Was that just the line? Was that just people people? Well, no, because. Uh, let's see 53 percent of the tickets are on green bay 51 percent of the money on green bay so maybe it's just things have evened out after an initial uh burst of people taking the bears early in the week whenever they hung that seven line i would imagine um i mean i aaron Rodgers is what like 6300 he's pretty pretty expensive but <coughs> if you could excuse me if you compare him with Devonte Adams, it would certainly make sense. The Chicago Bears have been a lot better lately, or a lot more friendly lately to opposing wide receiver ones, and it's just such a—you don't have to paint yourself any kind of weird, fucking, swindly tale about Aaron Rodgers, you know, bombing the football to Devonte Adams against a team that he's completely owned at Lambeau Field and the Chicago Bears, especially one that's been giving up points to opposing wide receiver ones lately. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I rarely play those guys. It's bitten me probably twice this year. To I didn't have the Aaron Jones lineup, and that's fine. It's just it's really hard. To, it's really hard to peg. It's really hard to project. If anybody tells you that they know how to do it, um, you know, send them. Tell them to send a resume to at, at Roster Watch. We could have them help with our model. Um, and Noah Alan Lazar, Jimmy Graham is. Uh, questionable, so keep an eye on that. If you, But you wouldn't have never played the mummified corpse of Jimmy Graham. Even though there was something about that matchup last week that they really liked. It they, they seemed like he was getting... T- De- Devontae Adams was not getting enough targets last week. Was was that against the Giants? Whoever it was. Something to keep in mind with Kasiki if that was the Giants. Because with the Dolphins this week, if they watched that film... Bears, I mean... You've... Uh, do you play Allen Robinson still? I mean, probably play Allen Robinson. It's just, Allen Robinson falls in an area where it's like, well, let me just look at where he is, where his, um, so he's at 6,800. So all around him you have, let me just. So all around him you have, you have Jarvis Landry right underneath him who's going to be mega, mega, mega more popular. DJ Moore underneath him who's going to be much more popular. Um. So whenever you have those two, Jarvis Landry and DJ Moore within two hundred dollars, Valen Robinson, you'll be getting. I mean, he no one will be on him. It's not like this is a you know a brutally tough matchup for him. So I think that that's probably fine. I'm not going to play any of these running backs. I'm not playing any of the tight end. Like, I guess if you want to play Mitchell Trubisky. He is starting to look better. He's rushing the football more. Um, but I, I just I think that there that, that there are other ways to go. Alan Robinson is the only player I would have interest in on the uh, on on the Chicago side. Seattle at Carolina. Now this one we have a bunch to go over here. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are six point favorites, traveling to these hapless Carolina Panthers who have a forty nine point total between them. Eighty five percent of the tickets on Seattle, only seventy seven percent of the money, but still sharp, pretty much pretty good sharp support there for the public sentiment that Seattle. Goes in and covers this six point number. 51% of the tickets on the over, 66% of the money on the over. So, Vegas thinking this is a game that could shoot out. I think you can get to Christian McCaffrey if you play guys like, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to play a cheap tight end and you're going to have to play a, guy, a wide receiver like Chris Conley or, do um, you know who I didn't talk about earlier? Danny Amendola. For the Detroit Lions, I don't know why I didn't mention him. I talked about Chris Lacey for five goddamn minutes and about how he's going to be a fucking doctor and about how slow he is. And I didn't mention Amendola, who both Kyle Murray and Derek Cardi listed as their conviction play of the whole entire week on our show on Roto-Grinders today, on our, on our premium show that they have up for his package called, called The Blitz, his projection system. Danny fucking Amendola is not only Derek Hardy, who's a cash game guy's conviction play, meaning his favorite play on the slate, he's listed as a conviction play by my boy Kyle Murray, who admittedly is a a total Detroit homer, but doesn't usually bring homerism into his analysis, and who's a really good tournament player. So we need to be considering Dan, Dan, Danny Amendola as well. But so one of these guys, these Chris Conley's, these Danny Amendola's, these like Greg Ward for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, now that, you know, that, that whole team is hurt. Nelson Aguilar's out, Alshon Jeffrey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, Keelan Cole. You, you, might, you might need to get down to one of these guys to play Christian McCaffrey and get in the other guys that you like. Um, what was I even talking about? Oh, McCaffrey, yeah. And then DJ Moore is a guy who you'd love to pay up for, right? I mean, dude, DJ, look, look all of a sudden. DJ Moore is a five-and-a-half reception, 80-yard prop versus Seattle, who stinks on the back end. So those are the two guys I like in this game, other than Ian Thomas, who once again gets a walks into just a great matchup for opposing tight ends, and we saw last week that All the talk of the Chris Manhurts, like I told you on the pod, the Chris Manhurts, Alex Arma, platoon that Perry Fuel talked about as the way they were going to utilize their tight ends. Well, of course he said that because he's thinking about it like a coach. He's not fucking thinking about percentage of routes run like us DFS dweebs. is like, it's going to be a fucking platoon. We're going to have Arma back here as a fullback. We're going to have Manhurts block. We're going to have Ian Thomas run all the routes and do all the shit that we want, all the shit you guys want for fantasy. That's not how coaches talk to the media you got to decode these assholes. So Ian Thomas, you know, really, really like him. Then on the Seattle side, the most popular play of the week is going to be Chris Carson. And now I don't know if it's for good reason. Rashad Penny is out. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, is a caveman from from approximately fucking 4,000 BC that carries around a big, like a big, a big stick in one hand and in his other hand, it's got some playbook and some big piece of like, you know, some hunk of charred meat. And in between the big greasy bites, he just says into his headset to run the fucking football. <laughs> That's what they want to do. They want to run the football and the Carolina Panthers this week are the number one matchup for opposing runners on the roster watch matchup tool. I mean things add up for Chris Carson, no doubt about it. Tyler Lockett has a horrible prop of only fifty three point five receiving yards, and that guy's has he's done some goddamn disappearing acts. I think if you're looking to leverage your way off of the of the chalky chris Carson, you can do it by playing Russell Wilson and one of the d k Metcalf or or um Tyler Lockett in tournaments, I, I mean, for me, I think the better way to leverage off is just to, just to say, like, I'll, I'll, I'll play Leonard Fournette or Saquon Barkley at the same price point. Just Get the fuck off this guy. I'm not saying that I will. Oh, look, for me, I'm probably playing Christian McCaffrey, so I'm not going to play Chris Carson because I don't like to play two running backs in the same game, even though, as you all know, that totally bit me in the ass when I entered a bunch of tournaments in the Derrick henry Leonard Fournette week, when I loved them both, but I set the goddamn rule to where I didn't have either of them in the same lineup, and I talked about why I didn't like them both in the same lineup, and then both of them were in the same lineup in the Millionaire Maker. <laughs> Ooh, DFS hurts. Ooh. Any other fucking plays? Any, any, any other plays? Here? I mean, Jacob Hollister I'm not like that. I don't know. I, I think that that's, kind of, that's the game. What are you going to do with Chris Carson? Are you going to play McCaffrey? You, I mean, and is Ian Thomas going to be your guy if you're spinning down? You know, figuring those things out and then figuring out if you're not playing any of them, how should you prioritize DJ Moore? Because per the Vegas tool, he looks like a top eight value on the whole entire slate from a DraftKings perspective. Next, we have the New England Patriots traveling to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Patriots are a 10-point favorite here. Cincy, uh, this game, 41.5 is the total. Jesus, all this money and all the sharps are all on the Patriots here to cover. And in my foreman with Simon Edwards, our producer over on Roto Grinders, and then Cardi and Kyle Murray, wherever I had to play Dwayne Haskins last week. Of course, I lost. So now they get to pick my quarterback again, and they picked Andy fucking Dalton. <laughs> Because you can't pick the same quarterback twice, so I'm fucked. You don't have to be though. You don't have to play a single Bengal, and I wouldn't. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what Patriots I'd play either. Let's just move on from this one. I mean, to, maybe Edelman, but he's been on the injury report. If you think this is a game where the Patriots come in and they want to give a big fuck you to everybody, I could understand it. But it's just the running backs are hard to, to peg. The wide receivers outside of Edelman are hard to peg. Maybe that makes it a great tournament spot. But for me, I feel like there are other tournament spots. Philly at the Washington Redskins, only a 39-point total in this game. We have, I mean, the Philly, Philly is six-point favorites. Public Sharps all on Philly, 62%, 61%. Fifty-three percent of the tickets only under and eighty-six percent of the money. So the sharps think this thing goes under, and I mean, I wonder why. Uh, t- the The wide receiver core for the Philadelphia Eagles, it, it looks, dude, it looks like your local co-op where your dentist and the fucking dude from down the street and you know some other guys on Thanksgiving, you know, go out and play, a, you know, the 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 you know the Thanksgiving t- fucking flag football turkey trot. I don't know who, like, I think Zach Ertz is probably going to be a, I mean, who the fuck else is Winston going to throw to? It's Zach Ertz, it's Dallas Goddard. They have a third tight end, Josh Perkins, that plays a little bit of, they split him out wide, and he, just, don't, don't, don't tell anybody, but he had five targets last week. Nobody knows who Josh Bar- Perkins is. He's 2,500 on DK, and he's a tight end, even though he could, he could play a little bit more out of the slot. You know, there's no Nelson Aguilar. There's no Alshon Jeffrey. We'll have J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out there. It's rough, man. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is Greg Ward, and it's a bunch of two tight end sets. So, look, the four—I'm sorry—the the 49ers are, are not bad on defense. The Washington Redskins are bad on defense. And so if you wanted to go with the athletic upside and the and – the, the the name brand sort of rookie and JJ Ortega whiteside I could completely understand it I like Greg Ward more than the average bear I guess I've really enjoyed watching him play back to but shit back to high school um I watched I enjoyed watching him play in the AAF I think he's kind of actually kind of good so I have a small bit of interest in Greg Ward. I think if I'm going all the way down, I have the most interest in Chris Conley, who we'll, who will get to, but, but he he's not quite all the way down, I guess. You know, if I'm going all the way down, like make, if I'm deciding between Keelan Cole and Greg Ward, I might go I might go Greg Ward. I don't know. Goddard, Ertz, Miles Sanders. There's no Jordan Howard again. No one's going to play Miles Sanders because he's 5,900, and Todd Gurley's going to be popular at 6K this week. So there was some worry last week about uh, whenever Miles Sanders was cramping up and we saw so much Boston Scott. I don't think we're going to continue to see more Boston Scott. I know that Doug Peterson and these assholes love to play a committee. They're committed to a committee at the running back position. But I, I think that Miles Sanders in this type of setup could have a really good game, and would it really would it really surprise you for him him to him him to finally you know go off in a good spot like this? I, I don't I don't I don't think it would. Then on the Washington side, there's there's nobody to play except for Terry McLaurin if you want to play him. Could maybe AP just for the volume alone? He's only forty four hundred. He could, could be a good pivot off of Patrick Laird. He's he's probably gonna get more volume than Patrick Laird. And he's he's old and shitty, but Patrick Laird is shitty too. The only thing is on DraftKings where you get a point per reception, you know the target floor for Patrick Laird is certainly much higher for in cash games. So, but I, I think in a tournament you could you could you could think about it. Um, I'm not going to think about it though. Full full transparency. Ooh, a game that I really like, but I'm uh, I just. I, I'm worried about the pace, but my buddy Derek Carty told me not to be. Cleveland at Arizona. Cleveland's three-point favorites in this game. There's a 49-point total. We have 77% of the tickets on the over and 97% of the money on the over. I might have just talked myself back into this, baby. This is the battle of the OU quarterbacks. Two vengeful, two competitive young men. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Texas boys. Who went to Oklahoma? But they're Texas boys, man. Both these kids, Allen, Texas, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Lake Travis, Texas, where the Tookis of yours truly currently resides. <laughs> As I deliver this podcast, Is, does 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 mean ass? I've heard people I've heard old people Think they call your ass a Tookis? Tookis. Is a slang? Yeah, hold on. Oh, it's oh, it's 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 it's, it's Yiddish. Yep, Yiddish for buttocks. Tookus, I love that. Um, okay. What does I say about my? T- oh yeah, so my tookus resides in Lake Travis, Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think I'm playing him. I think Kyler, you could play him. Um, on DraftKings, he's he's so cheap, and our models love him. Christian Kirk, of course, Larry Fitzgerald, why not? Kenyon Drake, another possible pivot off of Patrick Laird. He's only 5K. And actually, Kenyon Drake's prop, on, I mean, Vegas, okay, so on the Vegas, I'm, look, I'm not going to give it all away completely for free because I know our pro m- members hate it. But Patrick Laird and Kenyon Drake have basically the same value per their Vegas props. And they're both top five on the Vegas tool. I'll just I'll just say that much. I'm very interested in, in Kenyon Drake. On the other side, man, I like, I I really like Kareem Hunt because do you know why? Because he's fucking Kareem Hunt, and he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I know that the situation for him has not been, you know, this. I mean, he's playing with another one of the best running backs in the, in the NFL right now. I don't know how the Browns are going to be able to keep both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But, you know, Kareem Hunt, he hasn't had monster games. It feels like maybe an upside game is on its way, though. Nobody's going to be on him because he's a little bit more expensive than uh, than, than Todd than these kind of Todd Gurley's and Philip Lindsay's and Devontae Freeman's of the world. But, I mean, if you just look at his game logs – since he came back in week 10, 14.4, 11.8, 12.6, 17.5, 14.8. He's been, he hasn't gotten you, he's not gotten you less than 11.8. Any single week. He's getting used in the red zone. This is the best matchup there is. The pace is down for both of these teams, which, which worries me. But the fact that this total is continues to creep up in all of the money from all the sharps is on the over it makes me think there's going to be scoring. I'm telling you, Baker and Kyler, these guys want to win. They don't want to lose to one another. I'm just, I'm just telling you. So you know, beware of the pace being down for the Cardinals a little bit. Uh, Derek Carty tells me that whenever he adjusts, whenever he schedule adjusts for the pace inside of his projection system, which is a really cool thing that I need to learn how to do. That it's not a big as as big a deal as some people are making it out to be, and I'll go ahead and trust him on that because, frankly, I I just I'm, I'm trusting him out of pure, pure, pure confirmation bias because this is a game that, this is a game that I really, really wanted to love. Let's see here. It it isn't a referendum on Adam GaSe. What the fuck is it? It's bugged me the whole time. It's like a, uh, it's like a black mark on his on his. Uh, it's a referendum a memorandum no it's a someone tweet me and tell me what this goddamn thing is you know I'm still thinking about it it's it's actually messing with my podcast Jacksonville at Oakland, a forty-six and a half point total in this game. Oakland six and a half point favorites. Seventy-seven percent of the tickets on the Raiders, along with seventy percent of the money, that is because it is the last game in Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, or is that even what it's called anymore? I think it's called the uh, it's called Oracle. Uh, who fucking it's hey, it's a piece of shit. I mean, a real piece of shit. Um. We need to wait on Josh Jacobs. If he can't go, let me just see. I've been working all day. I don't know. I've taken family photos all earlier, too. Um, he says he wants to play. John Gruden says he's not sure. Look, if he doesn't go, uh, clearly DeAndre Washington's one of the best plays on the slate. So. Keep that in mind. It's a later game, but out of these late games, let's see. What what kind of swapping pivots could we have here? You know, you could get into that Arizona game with Kenyon Drake, and and then you could pivot over to DeAndre if you wanted to. And I guess there's not much in in the Chargers or the Minnesota side you could get to. Dallas or the Rams, no, there's not much you could get to there. Hey, how about with San Francisco? You could go with Raheem Mostert and then pivot down to him. So those two ideas, Mostert and Drake. You could have those two player, one of those two players in your flex and get to DeAndre Washington if he doesn't go. Last week, nobody late swapped to either of those dudes, and it would have been very, very profitable. DeAndre Washington was only like 2% owned. So if you have the ability to late swap, you, you ought to use it. It's a good spot here, and you should. Jacksonville has been allowing seven-plus yards per rush to opposing running backs over the course of the last six weeks. Other than that, I play Darren Waller and I get the fuck out. I mean, of course, on the Jacksonville side. All right, so no, no, no DJ Chark on the Jacksonville side. Throw a dart, fucking pin a tail on the donkey, do whatever you want with DJ or with DD uh, Westbrook, um, Chris Conley, and Keelan Cole. They descend in price in that order. I think I like the one in the middle, Chris Conley, the most just because he would take over in more of that DJ Chark role. He's very fast. And Oakland gets burned on the outsides. Um, Oh, and Fournette, play him, right? Play him. I like Fournette Fournette better than Chris Carson. That could be completely wrong. Leonard Fournette, of course, uh, if you want to add this into your models, did tweet out that he would like to score five touchdowns for his fantasy owners this week. Minnesota Vikings at Los Angeles, Chargers, a 45.5-point total here. Uh, 81% of the tickets on the over, 75% of the money on the over. 70% of the tickets on Minnesota, but only 48% of the money. So that's another blazing sign to you. I'm not giving out picks here, but the Sharps are on the Chargers here, taking the points. So I don't think there's any stand... It's just the volume for the Chargers. How do you choose who it's going to go to? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, now Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon. It's it's hard, man. And if you're the guy who can figure it out again, resumes at 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 roster watch. (laughs) We're always looking to always looking to improve our products. Uh, We're not we're not really uh, hiring. So so don't send resumes unless you really do know how to you know model the the uh the Los Angeles Chargers but we pro- we wouldn't pay you um you know we couldn't give you a full-time job just just to do that. <laughs> uh Minnesota man. like I I look I think Minnesota is 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 Minnesota's bad on defense. Okay so if you want to play Phillip Rivers and just maybe play him by himself, it's just I, mean, I don't know. He's cheap. No one's going to be on him. And then on Minnesota, just Dalvin Cook with no Alexander Madison. Just you know, sign, sign me up for that. We're getting Adam Thielen back and Stephon Diggs back. Those guys should hurt each other a little bit in the volume department. But uh, I mean, you can play him. I think Dalvin is clearly the, pr- the premier play in this whole entire game, though of, uh, let's see, Atlanta at San Francisco, a 48.5 point total here in this game. 86% of the tickets on the over, 97% of the money on the over. Everyone thinks this bad boy goes over. I love that. Who do you play? Well, I mean, Julio's in a bad matchup. It's a, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers are a bad matchup for everybody, but tell that to Michael goddamn Thomas last week. The one guy I don't like as much as maybe the consensus. I mean, can we... It or maybe, I mean, maybe it's, Can we play Austin Hooper? I don't know. It's just, I find myself having a hard time with the way construction's going and with the thoughts that I've kind of laid out here, the plays I like. It's hard to get up to an Austin Hooper, but maybe that's an interesting play. I haven't heard anybody talk about him this week. Now, I think Devontae Freeman's probably fine, but you know, if we're there in that price range, I, I mean. Wouldn't you? I, I think I might rather have Philip Lindsay in a really good matchup, who's also on the road at Kansas City. I might want to pay an extra hundred dollars for Miles Sanders in a much better matchup. Todd Gurley, who Sean McVay is now, you know, saying that they're, you know, I mean, he's gotten he's gotten twenty. You know, twenty touches in three of the last four weeks. Well, nearly at least nineteen touches three of the last four weeks. Nineteen carries three of the last four weeks. Freeman's a little bit of a hard. It's it's kind of a hard sell for me. San Francisco is hard to figure out too. Can you play Raheem Mostert? He's got a not that good of a prop. Shanahan says that he's earned the job. They need to continue going with him. He's been, he's fucking, he's been going bananas. If I owned him in season long, I'd probably play him. But in DFS, I can play anybody I want. And what if Matt Breida comes in and, uh, Matt Breida comes in and does one of these fucking next gen stats shits where he runs 23 miles per hour for a touchdown and all of a sudden he gets the hot hand. I don't think Tevin Coleman will get any hot hands, but Jesus Christ, they paid him a bunch of money. They paid McKinnon a bunch of money too. What are are the chances that Jarrett McKinnon is ever fantasy viable again on on, on a DFS slate? I think they're decent. I don't think it'll be in San Francisco though. Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, Kittle. Take your pick, man. And that's what leads me to believe and our model to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is probably a pretty good play here. Atlanta's shitty on the back end, man. Jimmy G and Kittle, man, these guys were soldiers last week versus the Saints. They're going to be back home. I'll, I mean, I'll, I like it. I, I, I would play a stack of Jimmy G. I wouldn't fault you for starting out your lineup with putting in Jimmy G and a Debo or Jimmy G and Emmanuel Sanders or Jimmy G and Kittle. That's the one way I pay up a tight end this week. If I'm playing Jimmy G, I'm playing Kittle. Or I mean I I also might pay up for Ertz. I really haven't decided yet. All right, one last one: Los Angeles Rams the Dallas Cowboys. We already talked about Todd Gurley. Uh, we didn't talk about Cooper Cup just inexplicably falling out of the picture last week. I don't know if that's going to improve or not. I don't know if they've philosophically gone, but they just they wanted to get Tyler Higby and Johnny fucking Munt in there, the other tight end in there to 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 I guess to help with blocking. Um. Robert Woods, I probably probably continues to be the best play out of these guys, given all their pricing, right? Let's just, I mean, if and then if you look, I mean, he's sixty two hundred on DraftKings. He has a sixty nine and a half yard over under, a five and a half reception prop. He's plus one seventy five to score. What is Cup? Cup has a five reception, fifty nine point five yard prop. He's sixty two hundred. He's plus one twenty to score. And, and they don't even bother giving props on, on Brandon Cooks anymore. <laughs> it's just like, that guy's dead. Higby's the play, I think. Dude, Higby looks good out there. It's kind of a, not a referendum. What is it? What's the word? What, hey, whatever it is, what, whatever it is on, on Adam Gase, for the way that Ryan Tannehill was developed under him, is the same way to a much lesser degree it is for Sean McVay for the fact that we haven't seen this monster Tyler Higbee any sooner